LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Group Answers Podcast, a weekly show designed to resource, train, and encourage small group leaders. Each episode considers current trends and resources, as well as timeless truths and methods of discipleship. It's hosted by Brian Daniel and Chris Surratt. Now, enjoy the show. So, Chris, during the last episode, we unfortunately and regrettably... Do we have to publicly apologize? I think that's what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, we gave our hand at, uh, what you call that, drama? Um, Role, was it role play? Role play's got the, kind of a weird connotation. Yeah, no, right? I, don't think we, <laughs> I don't think we want to go with the drama. So, drama, we tried a, a dramatization of a spot for the lobby. Yeah. And... Uh, we just would like to apologize to the small group network for whatever damage may have been done to its brand. And our listeners. And our, and our listeners for subjecting you to such atrocities. Poor acting. It was, well, was it even acting? I. If it was, it was poor, but that may be insulting to acting. Yeah. I don't think I would put us in with actors. <laughs> but you know what? So we opted not to do that. Today. Yeah, we're apologizing because it is a great event. And uh, it's one that I've been to multiple, multiple times. I was actually at the first one when they when they were trying it out. I thought this is cool. So basically, we gather lots of uh, they gather lots of group leaders from around the country in beautiful Southern California, where it's like perpetually seventy five degrees. And at their uh, their Rancho um, campus, which is is gorgeous, and we just talk about things. It's like you're standing in the lobby of a conference, and you just talk about what's important to you. So the origins of this is exactly what Chris has just described. Uh, Steve Gladen, and I'm sure many, many others realized it's been probably eight to ten years ago, that at any given conference, maybe not the most valuable thing, but a valuable aspect of it are those informal times, either between um, breakouts or plenary sessions or in the morning or even evening at dinner or coffee when there's just an improvisational get-together of leaders to talk about really the topic du jour. And so Steve thought, I think rightfully, and this is where the lobby comes from, how great would it be if we created an event that was just that? But it's not just hanging out, right, Chris? I mean, there is some no. structure and organizational to it, but it has the yes. feel of that lobby atmosphere. Yeah, you get you get the best of both worlds. You get some some uh, organization you hear from some amazing speakers, but you also get to pick topics that you go and sit in a circle and talk about. But you also just get to hang out. They have fire pits and there's a beautiful pond there and it's just uh, it's one of my favorite places just to hang out so that's going to be february 22nd to the 24th you can register at smallgroupnetwork.com and if you use the code listen to this brian if you use the code group answers group answers all one word one word group answers you get a hundred dollars off a hundred 
dollars off your registration. And that's that's a big chunk of money. And so use that and they'll know that you listen to us and when you register and we'll see you uh, in February. And of course, don't forget to check out the Facebook group, Small Group Network, to connect with thousands of other small group people. And that is one of the most engaged Facebook groups um, that I see out there. Yeah, really active. Other than that, three, two, <laughs> one. Welcome back to another installment of the group answers <laughs> podcast show. Just lost it. Coming at you live for the group answers podcast. Were you going to say groups matter? It's been <laughs> no, a long time. I don't know. I was struggling. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the group answers show. I'm Brian Daniel with Chris Surratt. Thank hey. you for being with us for another time, another get together. Or convocation, as Larry Mizell used to say. Is it convocation or is it invocation? Ooh, uh, you're, you're off script. I don't know. See, I, we were having this discussion with my daughters because their colleges have these things. And we couldn't figure out whether it's invocation, convocation. And then at the end of the year, they have the revocation, right? Is that what it is? Something like that. So they're taking it, they're taking it away. So they're invoking it. Oh. And then they're taking it away. So it's a whole sequence. It's like a whole sequence. Yeah, so, that makes yeah. sense. Anyways. Well, today we wanted to, uh, we wanted to just uh, acknowledge some things and uh, talk about what it is to lead in a time of uncertainty, which is, this is not a topic that we haven't covered before, but uh, here we are. Uh, by the time this post, I believe that it will be into February, but mm-hmm. the indication is from... I mean, my goodness, Chris, who do you listen to these days? But I mean, there is a there's a different bent for like every persuasion that's available to us. But the indication is that we have gone from the COVID-19 to Delta. And look, we of all the people are not going to be dismissive of the severity of the season that we've been into across all kinds of the spectrum of the lives that we lead, not to mention groups. But we've gone from COVID-19 to Delta to Omicron. Chris, I don't know about you, but I see headlines come through about these other variants that are out there. But I, 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 think, that's, I think that's the outline, COVID-19, yep. Delta, Omicron. Yep. The indication is that, in, that we're going to hit high water marks on the Omicron side in January, right? It's yep. hi- highly contagious, but the symptoms, generally speaking, this is not a comprehensive statement or 100% coverage statement, but generally speaking, the symptoms are less severe than its predecessors. In February, we're going to see a shakeout um, where it's winding up. And uh, at least one source I saw, a reputable source, is an immunologist in Massachusetts, said the spring and summer are going to be, in his words, really good. But we've got to get there. Yeah, and and I don't know if you remember when Delta, actually when the vaccines came out, it was like, okay, everybody breathe, we're back basically to normal. So we can't say with certainty any of this, but I think we feel like there's a little bit of a light coming. I mean, I I just had COVID, I'm pretty sure it was Omicron, and um, everybody I know is getting it right now. And that's actually a little bit of a hopeful sign, I think, because eventually it runs out of people to get. So I think this immunologist may be onto something. So you're listening to this show. I believe you're, uh, this is probably going to post sometime in February. So we are into the year. We're not out of winter yet, depending on where you're listening. You know, in the southern, most places I know during my time in Atlanta, by the time I hit February, 
I think the Bradford pears started to come out maybe towards the end of February, 1st of March, and then the dogwoods followed, and we were done. Uh, where we are now in Tennessee, we can have uh, winter. It extends through March, but it feels over when the when we spring forward in March. It feels done mm-hmm. to me, even though we've got some colder winters. And, of course, the Northeast and in the Midwest, you've got a little more time. But uh, wherever it is you're listening, we are into 2022. We uh, have likely just passed, what, the two-year anniversary, I guess, if that's the way that we want to put it, of the first case up in Washington in 2020. And up until then, I think we were being told not to worry about it. It's not going to be a thing. But there was, Chris, there was reason for that. I mean, there had been outbreaks before that had not made it to, at least in any meaningful way, continental U.S. And so, you know, it would make sense that people were maybe rolling their eyes a little bit. But as it turns out, that was not the case. And we've been here for now just going on two, two years. years. You know what's yeah. fascinating? You're a fan. I'm a fan of the Trellis and the Vine book. Yeah. Did you, did you realize in the back of it, in one of the appendixes, they talk about um, a pandemic and what if a pandemic hit your church? Because they, at the time they were writing this, when was that? Was that late 2000s, 2009 That sounds right. It was in the 2000s. I don't remember when in that decade It's it whenever SARS was starting to kind of make the news. And that was one of those. That was kind of a Florida thing, right? Yeah, it really never made it past... Um, I want to say it was in China, um, but it never really kind of got over here. But it was like it could come. And so they wrote about what would you do if a pandemic hit and you could no longer gather in big numbers or even in small groups. And I thought this is unbelievable. Those guys were calling it, you know, more than 10 years. But, yes, you're right. We uh, we have had a lot of times where we thought this was going to happen, but we have lived it for the last two years. And so this uncertainty has become quite the weight is what is the way that I would describe it. You know, so yep. we didn't know what to expect in um, February or January of 2020. It's, I don't, uh, we've talked about it again, we've talked about it before, but think back, Chris, we were locked down. They stopped an NBA game in the middle of the game. I had friends that um, when they had basically their COVID clothes, they left in the garage and when they got back from the grocery, they would change clothes in the garage before going upstairs, and they would wash everything they bought at the grocery. That's where we were in oh, 2020. We, my wife called it COVID clothes. So everybody get out of your COVID clothes. We're going to wash them. I mean, I was sitting in a restaurant in West Monroe, Louisiana, with a church leadership team. And that night, we were going to do their kind of big group training gathering, and I was speaking at it. And they got a call that the governor said, you can't do that, and shut everything down. So we we are not there anymore, but there is still just this back and forth. There's a little bit of there's has been political uncertainty. You know, the White House, they pushed for the uh, vaccine mandate. And and that was a real thing Uh, that's still out there in the news. I think it's been pretty much put down. But we wanted to spend just a few minutes during this episode to talk about keys to leading in a time of uncertainty. Even though we're coming out of it, this is as much anything an exhortation to finish well. And to be strong. Yep. And uh, Chris, I, j- I shared with you in between shows, we're recording a run of them today, that there was a time like in the last weeks that I just had just a weird three days. It was a three or four day uh, span. And I don't know if other people can relate to this or not, but it just felt like 
I didn't know which way was forward. It was almost like I've heard about people being disoriented underwater, mm-hmm. like scuba divers when it's so dark and they're, mm-hmm. you don't have a way to understand which way is up and which way is down. Yep. And I think that's one of the effects of COVID that is really, that's not a, a physical health but a mental, emotional kind of thing. So I'm sure that it's affected. There is probably for whatever number of people that are in the world, there is that many ways that it has affected us as individuals. Yeah, and I told you, I've gone through that as well. And we're all... We're all hitting that wall at some point or another or, you know, hitting it over and over and over. So what we want to share today is just just basically four keys of how to finish strong and also be ready for whatever is coming. Um, And I, I titled this uncertainty because I think we can't be certain about anything, even if we get to March. Brian, and it feels like, oh, this thing is over. It may not be. May very well not be. We don't know. So four things I want to run through real quick is as a leader, as a person, if you are um, overseeing anything, I think you have to do these things. The first one for me is that you have to be in regular prayer. You've got to give it to God. Um, The plans that you have, the expectations that you have for groups, for your group coming up, um, it's got to start with saying, God, it's yours. No matter what happens, what direction it goes, whether we meet every single week for the next six weeks or we have to go online for three of those weeks or whatever it is, got to be in prayer. Got to start there. We talked about it a couple of episodes ago, but Lifeway Research just uh, just released an article. It was uh, you can Google it. It was uh, it posted January 11th and it was the the note that that was that the, the top challenges that pastors Needs. are facing yep. and daily prayer time. Uh, more than 600 out of a thousand pastors cited that as one of as one of their challenges. So, if pastors are being challenged with this, it stands to reason that the rest of us, or many of you out there, are as well. Yeah. And there is a mechanical element to this that on those days and on those days when we're just not feeling at our best, and we know this, but this is just a word of encouragement: make time, even even if you don't feel like you are bringing your best. Do it. Open up the Bible, read a few passages, close your eyes, bow your head, and if nothing else, be quiet. It's crucial to give it to God through regular prayer, and the emphasis here is on the regular part. Yeah, silence and solitude. That has been a key. I've I've been reading a lot of Pete Scazzaro lately, and just having that daily time of silence and solitude and just giving it to God, it just makes a difference. The second one that I've got is lead with an open hand mentality. I saw this uh, an incredible way with uh, my pastor, with Greg Laurie. They were planning for a huge crusade. I don't know how many of you are familiar, but Harvest normally does a huge crusade every year. Usually it's like three nights. Um, and it's just a big deal. Like they'll have sold out Angels Stadium, Anaheim, Anaheim Angels Stadium, three nights in a row. And so they were planning one for this last summer. And this is when everything was really, we just don't know. And so I was like, Pastor Greg, what, what are you going to do? And he's like, it's okay. I, I, if it happens, it's great. If it's not, we're going to have a backup plan and it'll be, you know, different, but it'll be just as good. He just had this very open hand mentality of this huge, very monumental ended up happening and they had 40,000 people come to it. But he was like, if it, 
you know, if we can hold in the stadium, that's great. If we can't, that's great. So I think that's just how we have to think through if we're able to launch, you know, 100 groups, that's great. If uh, things change and we have to launch, you know, uh, 50 online groups and 25 in-person groups, that's okay. But having this open-hand mentality of, I can't control it because things could change, but that's okay. Yeah, another term that I've heard is hold on loosely. And uh, I think... There's a line in the that great Kentucky movie Elizabeth Town. Chris, surely you've seen it. <laughs> and uh, is that uh, Crow? Uh, Cam- yeah, Cameron yeah, Crow. Cameron Crow. But uh, it actually is a movie that's a lot of fun that got panned. But anyway, there's a line in that movie to where one of the characters says that all forward motion is progress. I love that line. And sometimes we just have to be happy with any forward progress. Does it match your vision? Does it meet expectations? Maybe not. But moving the ball forward is where the game is won, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And you have to be happy with some of those smaller, more peripheral victories. And sometimes, Chris, the victories God gives us are not even on the same playbook that we thought we were playing on. And mm-hmm. sometimes in that respect, you don't know what it is until down the road a little way. So move forward in faith, faithfulness. Wasn't Katy Perry's boyfriend in that movie? Was that a- – Legolas was that? Uh, yeah, Orlando Bloom. Orlando was Bloom. Did yeah. he did he say that line? Was that his mm, line? I think maybe Kirsten Dunst says the line. Oh, okay, but she was good. She was better than him. He was a little bit of a cardboard cutout in that one. I just never watched it because. But but we digress. <laughs> Third one is always be prepared. And here's what I, I say on that one: preparation makes transition easier. I think if we can think ahead as much as possible, I know things change. We never know what's going to happen, but just being prepared to have to shift, have to do it differently, maybe even to launch larger than we thought we were going to be able to because we figure out at Easter, this thing's pretty much over and we could launch more groups after Easter, but just being prepared ahead of time for all of these different um, scenarios is going to help us pivot quicker than than we did in 2020 when uh, most of us went, what are online groups? What kind of platform can we use for online? How do we do online church? We just, we weren't prepared. Well, now we can be prepared. So I saw, um, what do you call that graph that's just four squares and you've got a vertical and a horizontal? There's uh, a word for that. Four square? Was it just, is it just- We call a, it like a quad exercise. Yeah. Or, yeah. So I saw one of those one time. Jahari window. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's really. That's I, a, I, I believe you. <laughs> I, I laugh because I've never heard of that. It sounds like someone that would play for the Memphis Tigers. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I saw uh, it's been years ago, but for every decision, there are functional and dysfunctional consequences, and expected and latent. And that means the things that you expected to happen, the things you didn't expect to happen, and there's things that are helpful and things that are not helpful or even detrimental. And what you're trying to do is maximize the expected functional and minimize the latent dysfunctional, the bad things that you didn't happen on this quadrant. And so I think what I would add to what Chris just said is just be mindful of those things and think about the unexpected dysfunctional so you can mitigate that as much as possible. And this and this idea of always being prepared, just thinking through what are the possible outcomes here and how can I maximize the things that I expect to happen that are positive and minimize the things that may be out there unexpected and and not positive? It's mm-hmm. good. And then the last one is don't lead alone. Uh, get wise, godly counsel 
on uh, all these decisions. So don't just sit in a room and think I've got to fix it or I've got to come up with all these scenarios. Get people around you that have wisdom. You know, business leaders have made pivots over the last two years that are unbelievable. Um, so I'm sure you have some of those in your church. Uh, uh, small group leaders that are in your ministry, people that are in your group, whatever level it is, don't try to do all of this on your own. Because I think, Brian, that's where we can get really lost in not knowing which way is up and which way is down is when we're trying to navigate this on our own. Um, so whatever you need to have somebody come alongside you, make that happen. Do, do you feel like you've solved that? Do you feel like you do that, that you have that licked? Oh, no. I still have this. I, I mean, I'm just. Why, why is it so? Why is it? It seems like it would be very easy, but it's not. No, it's, it's not hard necessarily, but it's not the easiest thing. Either. It's ingrained in me with my personality that if I want to done done right, I have to do it myself. That's just me. And so to invite other people into that thought process is actually kind of work for me. But I have found over the years, as you pointed out, I don't know if this podcast, no, the last podcast that I am old. But over the years, I am much better. The decisions I make are so much better if I have people to um, bounce them off of. I mean, this is don't lead alone, which is the fourth bullet here. So give it to God through regular prayer. Lead with an open hand mentality. Always be prepared. Now, don't lead alone. I mean, that's something that would be 101 uh, in 2022 for most of us. Yep. Yet, I still and. I think it's a part of my makeup that I, I do maybe over I do overthink sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of those places that I overthink as to to who do I invite and to what and when and what's the prompt. Mm-hmm. And you know, I preach leading with intention a lot on this show. Um, and I think to vet every like how you go about uh, involving people, inviting people in, in, into any given process is it needs to be something that is not uh, flippant. Um, but I do think at times I give too much thought to that. I do too. I, I way overthink it. Um, but it's funny. I, I, w- I had a meeting one time, um, a church meeting, and we were talking about a decision to be made uh, when it came to groups or discipleship. And I was involving everyone in the meeting in this decision. And finally somebody said, it, why, why do that? We're just going to do what you tell us to do because you're the expert. And I thought, I don't want to have that, that presence, mantle. that yeah. mantle of he's the guy, he knows what, what to do because I don't. Everything I've done right in my life pretty much has been because I've had godly counsel or somebody that told me don't do something stupid. I mean, that's just really the truth. But yeah, I'm the same way. I'll tend to overthink it and think, okay, who should be in on this? Who shouldn't be on this? Should I just make the decision? And I think nine times out of 10, uh, if I can have at least one person make it with me, it's going to be a better decision. I tell you what I've, what I, where I've landed on this and I'm not, I'm not, professing or proclaiming to be any kind of expert. But I have uh, regular lunches with a couple of people that uh, are accessible, that are not in my line of work, Mm. that are also in leadership positions. And then I try to keep kind of a tight circle of confidants that that understand what I'm trying to do, but are not like team members or that work around me or like in the church. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And that has been, I think that's been the most helpful practice that I've put into my life. 
Yeah, I, I, I try to do that and I'm not great at it, but I remember my brother used to always say, you should have people in your life that aren't impressed with you and aren't paid by you. And so having just people around your table that, uh, I, I love that outside of your work, outside of your circle that aren't necessarily impressed with you and you're not paying them to speak into your life. Everyone needs that. I've also learned that those, if they're outside of your sphere of influence, let's just put it that way. I don't know if that's the best way to put it or not. There is an, a context that's helpful too, that you're not so inward focused. Mm. It forces, it pulls out and you can see things, uh, you can see things at a more macro level. Because one of the, one of the axioms is, um, that's been helpful to me is tomorrow is going to come whether I do a good job today or not. Mm. <laughs> so, you put those things in place that are going to help you get through this day and tee up tomorrow and then, and then do it again. Mm-hmm. And there are people that can give insights and develop a, and help you develop a framework that will just help you navigate those days. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this show. Those are hopefully some helpful keys on uh, leading in a time of uncertainty. And we are still in that. And like Chris said, who knows how long this is going to go on. We're going to be going on. We are. We maintain a hopefulness that uh, over the course of the spring and the summer, we're going to see this variant or these variants continue to wane in their, um, I guess, ubiquitousness and their uh, severity to where, you know, we're back to just talking about colds. But until awesome. that time, this is what we got. That'd be awesome. And we've talked about it before, but uh, we believe that uh, the post-pandemic church is going to function somewhat differently than the pre-pandemic church but there is unknowns about exactly what that'll what that'll entail as well yep so here we go here we go that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the group answer show thank you for being with us wherever you listen to podcasts we love to see comments and ratings and by all means if you find it in your heart subscribe so that you don't have to go looking for it or for those of you out there that found it accidentally you don't have to just get lucky it'll just come to your inbox every time so you're saying they got lucky by finding us. I was saying that, That's but on awesome. further reflection, that may be, uh, no, <laughs> may be that. overstating. <laughs> That's a good thought. Wow, I'm so lucky. I found these guys. Hope to see you again down the road.